a Podcast One production. Hi, I'm Nat Kringudis. And I'm Cecilia Ramsdale. Welcome to The Wellness Collective, a podcast where we invite you to be part of our wellness community to share, learn and live better. Nat Kringudis. Hello. <laughs> Cecilia Ramsdale, how are you? I'm a little shabby. You're going to have to. You're a little shabby. Stick what with happened? Me. Um, I got the flu. Yeah, that's not fun. No, but anyway, Fair here we are, and I'm but soldiering on with uh, the help of some of our little white tablets. <laughs> it's not nice to feel unwell, but it is forced rest time. Mm. And could you embrace that part of it? Well, I have had to. I guess <laughs> you just didn't have a choice. Right. But anyway, here I am mm-hmm. and I am soldiering on mm-hmm. and we are going to do the Wellness Collective today and I'm very excited because we've got some uh, guests in the studio that I haven't breathed on. I'll <laughs> tell you, introduce you to them in just a second. But look, today's episode, let me, let me say, sometimes it feels like the world is a very stressful and chaotic place. And there are a lot of things happening that we feel that are out of our control. And as individuals, we don't really have a great deal of impact on those big, big things that are happening. Would you agree? Yes. But do you know that there is a way that we can actually do something about it individually? I guess today are going to help us discover this because the key to it apparently is mindfulness. Well, it's a word or a term that gets thrown around a lot, right? Mm-hmm. But again, I think we don't actually stop and think about what that is. Hi, it's Tom Cronin here, the uh, producer and co-writer of the film and book The Portal. I'm Jackie Pfeiffer, directed the film and wrote and produced it with Tom and, and we worked on the book together as well. Okay, so Tom, give us a little bit of a background on you and your work and what this film is all about. Yeah, so my work predominantly is around meditation and getting people, inspiring people to embrace meditation, learn how to meditate. And the film was born out of that vision and intention to really share that message to the world using the medium of film and book to inspire people to want to start to meditate. You know, the the first thing is getting people intrigued and inspired to want to do it in the first place because without that, they're not going to do it. So the film and the book really is... A modality to hopefully get them intrigued and inspired to wanted to do that. So there's, everyone has a story. <laughs> um, you know, I don't think you just woke up one day and went, right, meditation's my answer. Can we learn a little bit about how you arrived at this point? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I was working in finance as a broker. I started in 1987. I was 19 years old and it was really fun and exciting. The markets were fast and furious. There was a lot of money around and was the years we had Gordon Gecko from Wall Street and, you know, Jordan Belfort started his career, the Wolf of Wall Street. So it was, uh, you know, big time in the finance industry. And I got swept along by the glamour and glitz of that. And, you know, before long, you're doing lots of drugs and drinking. You got fast cars and expensive, you know, lifestyles and corporate Amex cards. And, uh, you know, what started to show up was extreme symptoms uh, in my body of stress response to the lifestyle I was living. And that was in the way of anxiety and panic and depression and uh, insomnia. Eventually, it led to agoraphobia. So that's the inability to even leave the house. I had to leave my job. I was having really, uh, it was like a nervous breakdown. My system was saying, what you're doing is unsustainable. Mm. And at that point in time, I, that was when I found meditation after being sent to psychiatrists and psychologists and put on pharmaceutical drugs. Can I ask, in that depth of you know, that experience, you know it's happening 
obviously, yet it's like you can't do anything about it. Like I'm fascinated by the consciousness of what's going on, yet the lack of ability to actually move beyond that. Am I right? I don't know. I haven't experienced. Yeah, you're in it so deeply and you don't really think of another alternative. I remember one day, I still remember that day walking across the road going, I'm so sick and tired of being so sick and tired Mm. and really having no idea about another alternative. You know, you just, you're in it, you know, you're making a ton of money you're kind of caught up by the the peaks of it, which is the, the the pleasure dynamic. But you know, you really just don't know what to do about the pain dynamic, which is the things that come with that. And so you're just kind of in this sort of sleepwalking state of just mediocrity and doing the same thing over and over again. Until, for me personally, in my stubborn nature, of just having to wait till a crisis. And that's kind of what we touch on in the film: is that a lot of the characters in the film and book met a crisis moment before things started to change and, you know, we don't have to get to that point, but predominantly most of us do. Mm, it's very interesting that we, <laughs> I, you see this time and time again, but I was talking to someone yesterday, I'm trying to recall who it was, and I, oh, a patient, I said, how much louder does your body actually have to scream? <laughs> how much louder? Like at breaking point, absolute breaking point, I'm, we're not going to say who it was, but of course, but um, just to paint the picture, they'd been on holidays, they couldn't relax, they were paranoid, they had OCD behaviours were in full swing mm. um, and she just wanted to go home. She's like, I just don't want to be here. And, you know, that's what I said to her. I'm like, at what point are you going to actually realise? Listen. Listen, your body is literally shaking you right now. Mm. And you're still trying to push through, you know, and I think that's, it's human nature is that, oh, you're right, get up, off you go. You know, Mm. that was certainly how I was brought up. It was like, stop crying, you're fine, let's go. Yep. And for so many of us, I think we also are living at a time where there's so much overwhelm, there's so much pressure, there's more than ever before. And people will say that to me all the time. Why do you think we're currently experiencing almost an epidemic and it's because we haven't lived like this before. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. It's, I was talking to my brother this morning, you know, this is, uh, you know, the, it's, it's rampant what's happening and we're starting to hit a major crisis moment collectively for us as a species mm. and we just simply aren't developed enough for what we're putting ourselves through. You know, it's such a rapid change in the last 10 years, even in the last five years, you know, with the, the apps and the information overload and the constant stimulation, even us arriving here this morning, we're still on our phones even while we're meeting you. Yeah. And we're still trying to respond to all the other things that we've got to get back to in that moment. And that rapidness, that overload and our nervous systems are just going, look, I just can't take this, you know, mm. yet we just haven't realised that yet. We're just, uh, it's, it's going to shake us in a big way, I think. Mm. Do you think that the fact that mindfulness has become a bit of a buzzword, like I opened the the paper on the weekend and there was an article about mindfulness and children and how teaching children to, you know, take time out of their days everywhere in schools and and the effect of that. Do you think that means that your work is actually cutting through? Like (laughs) it's getting somewhere? Look, I think it's um, a need of the time. Mm. And uh, something that's been around for thousands of years uh, is now becoming a necessity. And it's a buzzword because it's simply a necessity. And, uh, you know, it's part of a shift that's taking place and we're part of that shift that's taking place of making this even more mainstream and even more widespread. And I think, um, you know, having a film and a book is uh, making this into a, a, a mass sort of embraced vehicle is what we're really all about here. 
think there'd be a lot of, um, I know there's a lot of people now starting to kind of connect this to like bigger issues of a meaning crisis and mm. people um, struggling to to find that sense of where do they derive meaning, real, you know, deep meaning in their lives and, you know, whether that's attached to purpose, which I think it often is, and, you know, other beautiful human experiences and, and relationships and interconnectivity and the mindfulness revolution being um, an essential key in being able to link us back and go through personal processes to start to identify how we can, like who we are on a deeper level and how we can personally as individuals create meaning for ourselves and then blossom in that that ripple effect that then affects the people around us. And so what are the keys there in that picture? I think what you touched on is really important in passion and purpose. I was at a conference last weekend and we did something called the Passion Project. Mm. I don't know if you've heard of it and there's a book around it, but um, I hadn't ever heard of it before. But basically we needed to work out what our, what we were most passionate about. And it was through a process of, of elimination. You, you came up with sort of 10, um, you kind of just blurted things out on a page is about things that are important to you. Butcher paper. Always of, gets yes. the ideas going. <laughs> and and then you then would go through the process of going, well, if I could have one but not two, which one would be more important? And then, you know, you get stuck on some. And But what was the most interesting I found was that the things that I thought that I would be most passionate about were the things that I was least passionate wow. about. Wow. When you waited up and you said, well, if you could have this but you couldn't have that, and you're like, oh, no, no, no. Like, you know, if I could have meaningful relationships or fly first class around the world. They were, let's say, two examples. Oh, yeah, okay. (laughs) Everyone had fly first class around the world, by the way. Oh, really? Everyone (laughs) in the whole group. (laughs) But it was like, oh, no, I'd rather, much rather meaningful relationships. Not that I thought that first class around the world would be up there, but it's just interesting that you think that what you think that you are passionate about when you really pair it all away probably isn't what you're passionate about unless you can do something like these exercises. But I think you're right. Part of the problem is we don't know because we're not tapped in enough to actually know these things. I think a lot of us don't do these kind of exercises like the one that you're talking about. I did one recently. It was, um, a, I think it's Martini Values Profile. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you think about uh, your work and your relationships and the stuff around you, your office, what you've got up around you and, and, and you kind of develop this list and then in, you know, like 10 different areas or however many areas there were and then start seeing... You, where are the commonalities? Like, what are the words that are coming up all over the place? So, for example, you know, I get a lot of stuff that's to do with um, high performance and and so stimuli around me that's that's evoking that kind of response for me. I'm interested in what else was coming up on my list. You know, creativity, um, nature, you know, outdoors, wildlife, stuff like that, family, uh, and so you, and so it helps you kind of put those pieces together. So, so it sounds like a, a similar, similar kind yeah, of activity really to similar. come to the same place. And I think that, yeah, I mean, I certainly have only in recent times started doing those and like just diving deep into like, oh yeah, right. Why am I doing this thing that I'm mm-hmm. really doing? Because the you we sort of have this tendency to say, oh, I'm doing it because of, you know, X, which is like the first, you know, this first um, thing that comes co- to mind. conscious yeah. response. And there's this, uh, supposedly there's seven levels that you go down before you actually get into the heart space 
space of what why you're really doing the thing. And mm. so you do five kind of conscious level. Oh, because um, I'm doing this thing, yeah, because I want to make more money. Why do you want to make more money? Oh, so that I can make a bigger impact in the world. And why do you want to make a bigger impact in the world? So I can blah, blah, blah. And you just keep diving down and after, after five, you're suddenly in the heart space and it's a little bit, I found myself, you know. A bit scary. Yeah, like more confronting, like, you know, and you're diving back into your childhood and, mm. and the environment around there, what really has, you know, so many years ago in lots of cases stimulated this movement, you know, in my life, in other people's lives it, towards a certain direction. And it's mm. curious to to go to that place and understand yourself at that level. It's fascinating. Self-reflection, though, is something that people do struggle with, I think, unless, you, unless you've come to that point where you're like, yeah, okay, I'm ready to do this. It can be very confronting. It can be. I think that's definitely... Just part of as we get older Humans. too, I think we get to a point where we're like, actually, I'm ready to look at this now. <laughs> hey, I really want to talk more about the idea of, you know, how we can use meditation to increase abundance, but we do need to take a quick break. So we will be back after this. On the Wellness Collective today, we are speaking to Tom Cronin and Jackie Pfeiffer. They are the producers and uh, the brains behind the movie The Portal, which is also a book. Um, and I think, am I f- is it right to say that you are trying to bring the idea of meditation and mindfulness to people in a way that empowers them to do something in the world, not just, you know, spend 20 minutes a day in their own space and, and you know, on a personal level? Is it true that this can be for everyone, the good of everyone? Yeah, it's definitely about that. The meditation is accessible for everyone, but it's also about alchemy and transformation. It's about the possibility that where you are, where you've been, what you've been through doesn't have to define where you're going and that we have this incredible capacity to change the next version of ourself. And we've got this incredible adaptability. We've got this incredible malleability to evolve and grow. I love that idea. And meditation is just one of the devices that I like to talk about because I'm trained in it. I've used it. I'm skilled in it. And it's a medium that I like to inspire people to use for their alchemy. But the starting point is know that there is alchemy that's possible. You have got the potential to grow. And there's a number of different modalities you can use from plant-based medicines to qigong to chakra healing. But uh, this is just the one of the devices that I like to talk about. But I think you're right. It's it's getting beyond that level of just of engaging in a practice and how does that inspire movement. And we've, I guess we've tried to, um, we've used personal stories. There's also a sort of a global futurist component to the film, painting a bit of a macro picture, but we've, we've used these stories uh, and really kind of dived into the, the past, everybody's past and how circumstances and environments lead to things being in a certain way and and us making decisions in certain ways. Um, but that collectively, that really can just be fuel for us to go out and release our awesomeness in the mm. world. And so I think it's kind of that's the sort of the, the journey of the film to really connect into our own inner awesomeness and, it, and unleash it. It's it's just like everything when you boil it down, it's logical, right? If you are in a place where, like you say, you're, you've put aside the things that were troubling you or that were holding you back or like in your situation, your job was toxic for you. If you've moved beyond that, then 
you are able then to be a positive force in other people's lives and then maybe it's just that thing of the trickle-on effect and and so the pay it forward is perhaps how this all comes together. Yeah, you know, if we start to multiply that alchemy, that transformation on an individual level to a collective level and we start to see, you know, 100,000, 1 million, 1 billion and, and mm. multiple billions go through that alchemy, then we really start to see what's possible for a very different planet and that's the kind of shift that needs to happen. It's the kind of fork in the road that we're at right now. And it's the fork in the road that we talk about in the film through some of the futurists, particularly Daniel Schmachtenberger, that touches on, you know, you'll see it in the trailer that we're, you know, we're seeing the possibility for a higher level of order and cohesiveness or a lower level of order and cohesiveness. And that's kind of the fork in the road that we're at. And it's going to come down to individuals making their own personal transformation, which makes a, a collective transformation. And then we see a very different planet, which is quite exciting. I think what's interesting is that we are definitely more open to the idea. You know, we were talking about this, say, 10 years ago. It was like the hippies meditated and everybody else just went about their business. And it was almost, again, like I said before, almost like something had to smack us in the face for us to recognise that actually we all need to stop and we all need to learn some form of that. Is there a right way to do it, a wrong way to do it? Like, how do we actually do it? There is multiple ways to do it. And it's about really shopping around and finding one that resonates with you and finding a, a person or device that's going to relate to you to, to learn it. You know, there's different teachers, different techniques. And so it really is about finding the one that you resonate with that gives you the quiet and the space that you're looking for. Um, because that's really what we're trying to get here is we're trying to get the silence, the stillness. And silence and stillness is really something that is always there. It's just the absence of noise and motion. So what we want to look at is not necessarily finding silence and stillness, but looking to remove the noise and the motion and then we'll get silence and stillness, which is already there. So interesting though, when you find a form that actually resonates with you, all of a sudden it's possible. Mm. And I think I resisted for a really long time. I'm like, I cannot sit still. Like I just (laughs) am not that person. I don't sit still ever. Um, And... It wasn't until I just happened to, I was asked to be a, an affiliate for a, a, a meditation program and I watched the introductory video and went through the process of the meditation that she was teaching and I'm like, I can do this and I actually like it. Um, but it is, it's, I see it all the time and I think, I think for a lot of people it's, they get scared because the, the idea of not doing something, thinking something, being something, or trying to turn off your brain when that feels really hard. Mm. I think we get the wrong idea about what it actually is and it can be different things for different people. Yeah, look, there is an addiction to distraction Oh yeah, at the moment. It's, a, it's almost like a, a, an epidemic of distraction that we're experiencing and there's a reason for that. Um, I think you touched on something yesterday which you'll probably add to this now, Jack, is this, this uh, almost aversion to going within, Aversion to who am I without my thoughts? Who am I without my story? Who am I without my drama and my worries, my anxieties? Um, and for some people, letting go of that is what uh, I guess deters them from going into the state of stillness in mm. their meditation practice. Even some of my students have been meditating for quite a while. You know, you see some resistance to to really just surrendering that and allowing yourself to be without all of that noise. I've also found, like, just when we were talking about the kind of the right and wrong way to do things, that there have been plenty of times, you know, particularly maybe a few years ago, where I would, you know, be sort of disciplined enough to sit and be meditating, you know, for a 20-minute block twice a day, but I didn't feel like it was being sort of successful or I was, you know, doing it right or 
although I was getting any you know results or any of those feelings, you're like, this can't possibly be working. And it was working, you know. I think this is what I try to tell some people sometimes who are kind of struggling to find their own way in. And there are, as Tom's saying, there are so many different ways in. And I, I, I think that also there can be an evolutionary um, aspect to a practice and you can try different things, a bit of a trial and error and, and, and evolves over time. But if I sort of you know, pick a point in time where I was thinking, oh gosh, yeah, I was just like thinking the whole time through this thing and oh gosh, you know, like I really am I want, doing I want it to right? get, yeah, am I doing it right? I'm going to get up. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit frustrating. <laughs> Six months later, thinking about myself and how I respond to the world compared to six months earlier yeah. and noticing a difference. Yeah. So whether or not it seems on a surface level to be making any kind of difference, I do think that it's it, it, no matter how crappily you think you're doing it, it's still making a difference. That idea, though, of finding a way in is interesting. Like I actually have tried to incorporate into just before I go to sleep, just lying still and, you know, placing my hands on my chest, closing my eyes and not going, I need to go to sleep, just, just reflecting on the day. And I guess it's that gratitude thing. So even if it is just, you know, you think of four things that you're thankful for, from the day, then that's a form of meditation in itself because you're, you know, you're in your own head, but in a good way, you know, you're, you're reflecting on what's great in your life or not concentrating on all the other things that have to be done. And, and so, yeah, it's, it, we're funny, aren't we? And we go back to caveman times and you think they wouldn't have been having this conversation, would they? <laughs> it was like there was a lady on the plane next to me on the way back mm. and she was older, mm. but she literally just sat there. <laughs> She didn't watch 14 hours of Game of Thrones. She had a book. She missed out. She had a book. <laughs> but she, I, a couple of times I woke up and she was just sitting there like this. Oh, and good. I was like, I can't think of anything worse. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've done that sometimes. I know, but I guess at times, I, I mean, I was asleep. So I'd wake up and I probably would do the same thing in between being awake, but she literally was just <laughs> sitting there. And then at one point she did say, do you mind if I turn my light on to read? I'm thinking she's probably been sitting there for four hours waiting for me to wake up to say, excuse me, can I put the light on? <laughs> You're asleep. But, I was, it, but it's just a different generation. It was, mm. It's just part of what she probably does at home. It's very we polite. Don't. No. I know, right? I was a bit jealous probably. Mm, probably. <laughs> um, there is a quote in the film which is, right now many people don't know that their inner space exists. Do you think that everybody has like this untapped resource? Like, you know. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> One word. <laughs> yes. I mean, Three you, letters. You just said it can take six months and some people will not give it six months. So, you know, do you think... Everyone to, to notice results. Yeah, yeah. So I guess there's so many facets to this, and I'm learning all the time. Um, you know, uh, Tom's probably much more well versed in it, but it just from my own experience, I guess part of that process and part of the thing that hopefully we're all like trying to learn on our journey is to have a little bit less of a connection to the results. Yeah, nice analogies. If we look out this window of the studio right now, we'll see a sort of fluffy dark white clouds. Now, if someone had never seen what was behind those clouds and someone tried to convince them that there was this beautiful light blue sky, they'd be like, what are you talking about? That doesn't exist. It's like, well, it does. You just haven't been able to have those clouds melt away to reveal what's actually always there. Mm. And that inner silence and stillness in Sanskrit is called the Turiya, which is the fourth state. And we have mental, physical and emotional states, which are quite formed and 
transient, mm-hmm. but we also have this other state and that's what we access through, you know, processes. Uh, for one of them could be meditation that gives you access to that state that is actually there. It's just that we haven't been able to get to the subtlety of that because we're in a very gross world, which mm-hmm. is a world of thinking, feeling and physical forms. Mm, fascinating. Well, the film's called The Portal. Yes. The book's called The Portal. Where can people go to find out more information and to get themselves a copy? We've got the pretty much all the information anyone could need and more is available on the website, which is enterthaportal.com. And we've got a Facebook group, Instagram, mm-hmm. that sort of thing at uh, Enter the Portal Now. It's very exciting. We we'll encourage everyone to be open to the idea and see what comes of it, I think. I mm. think that we're, it, it's, it's good to be able to just continue to bring more awareness and more conversation around something that I think a lot of people are scared of. Yeah, I think <laughs> something to consider too is we kind of, uh, you know, we wanted the film to be a really enjoyable experience for people and an access point, but it isn't, you know, kind of dogmatic or ideological really in any way. Are you going to be inspired to change the world? I think so. Yeah, change change yourself, change the world by default, you know. So, yeah, don't think that you've got to kind of have any certain particular interests to see this film. It's kind of... There's all sorts of surprises in there for everybody and um, it's really nice. People are kind of describing it as like a love story about being human and it's just about our own individual human journey and collective human journey. Mm. Although, can I just say before we leave, there is a really freaky robot in it (laughs) (laughs) and I don't know. She's loving. She's loving. (laughs) She's loving. I'm not down with the AI robots. (laughs) Of course. uh, um, No, of course you can also access in the show notes on on my website um, access to everything that we've just spoken about as well. So we'll make sure you can access everything. It's time to say goodbye. But before we do, first of all, actually, finally, thank you guys, I should say, before I get into it. I'm always busting to read reviews. Can you tell? I've been sitting here trying to find one. (laughs) I feel like that we could encourage people to write some more because there's only one new one, actually. Mm, Okay, Mm. yeah. But have you seen the one new one? Yes. Read it. Okay. Says you girls. Mm. Mm -hmm. So awesome, so real, so honest. Being a TCM practitioner myself, I'm a bit biased towards Nat. But I love it all. Thank you for sharing. That's nice. (laughs) There'll be somebody one day, Cecilia, that will be biased towards you and your voice because they probably don't realise that they hear it everywhere. Oh, yeah, that's fine. Uh, Don't worry. I'm quite happy for you to take that one. It's all good. You don't Um, want to practice acupuncture when you leave the studio No, no, I don't think so. I don't (laughs) think the amateur acupuncture really goes very well. Um, Until next time. Yes. Please leave us a review. Um, let us know if there's anything you would like to hear on the show. Jump um, on Instagram. Yep, Collective The Wellness. Mm-hmm. I think you must have been sniffing I was not. too many it was just Chinese medicine up. herbs that day when you I set that know. up. But anyway, yep. that's another conversation. Until next time, we hope this episode leaves you feeling happier, healthier and better. 